Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. guys hear me uh, yeah 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 Great. by the way my, uh, my wife and kids loved the the car so you can tell your dad it was a huge hit oh, <laughs> oh yeah you gotta oh, yeah, send I me gotta the picture one of you guys to... yeah i need a copy of that oh yeah yeah i'll send them to you yeah my dad is like man anytime those guys want to go tailgating let me know you go on the facebook page Oh yeah, you got to uh, check out the Brownsmobile Facebook page and the Browns Brothers suits. They yeah. wear these orange suits. It's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it no, I got I got to do that. Right. I, honestly, I would probably I would probably come back just for a Browns game to do that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah, I told like, my dad he needs time to time around Thanksgiving or something. You know, make it a make it a trip. He needs to uh, start being an Uber driver. He's like. He looked at me dead serious. He's like, I've thought about it. I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> he makes so much money. I know. Well, you saw it just while we so were much sitting money. there. We're sitting there in traffic, and all those people are like, taxi, taxi. Oh, yeah. He'd make a mint. <laughs> yeah. All right. You guys ready? Are you recording? Yeah. I got I got the Malto thing. Oh, okay. You weren't, you weren't recording that little exchange there. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I think you, you don't want to out yourself as son of uh, son of the Browns brothers. <laughs> I thought I was recording. Um, yeah, I'm recording. Okay. Okay.
And we are at the three minute mark, so um you want to go through that topic list? I'm with I'm with yeah. EG. Let's not... No, it got a little long. I was just throwing some stuff out there. That's, that's, that's right. Fine. Okay. That's... We'll um, still probably wind up being ninety minutes, but you know. Yeah, I don't All right, let me bring up a list of free agent stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's part of it is Maybe we want to do that a different time when I got a little more research, or we got a little more research. Like, yeah, that's fine. We could do that. We don't have to get into free agents. I mean, that'd be getting into every team. Yeah, uh, I, so, mean, I think we could hit the hi- the highlights or the lowlights, as it were. They, I know they did on ESPN today. The they they ran some algorithm that showed like value versus cost and what the worst. De- that they actually rated the worst deal was the DeRozan deal. Based on cost relative to what you what you get from a from Michael, a value what on value standpoint. does Dwayne yeah, bring I to Chicago? <laughs> yeah, but still, that was a pretty ridiculous deal. I didn't realize. I totally forgot about the the um, the Evan Turner deal. What is Portland doing? Like, I don't know where they got this money to just throw away on guys that aren't going to help them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I understood what the cap implications of what they're doing. I don't know because they, these are all long-term deals too. Like Evan Turner's a four-year deal. Crazy, just crazy. Man, Jeff Green got fifth a one-year fifteen million dollar deal. Jeff Green is like a cockroach. <laughs> you just cannot kill <laughs> that guy. Die. He will not die. <laughs> fifteen million dollars one year. Orlando. Wow. Yeah. Jeff Green, who's like the. <laughs> it's just. Has never, I've never seen him make a good play in a moment that mattered. Like, but you, you know what I mean. But you know that you know that deal's gonna be wind up getting. He was gonna wind up getting traded at the deadline again to someone. Oh yeah, on a one year deal for sure, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, because they can't. He has no veto because he doesn't have bird rights. So yeah, I mean, he can yeah. get traded anywhere. And Man, then, do you know who is now worth forty two million dollars? Who's that? Kevin Hetrick favorite, John Luer. Oh, I know. Isn't that nuts? Isn't that crazy? So what was the Evan Turner deal? It was four years, 70. 75, yeah. No, 70. I have it right here. Oh, I'm looking at a tracker. It says 475. Uh, uh, on ESPN, it was 470. Anyways, they, they didn't do it by win shares. They did it by real value based on real plus minus RPM oh, okay. impact. Projected uh-huh. playing time, predicted RPM wins each season, uh, an estimated dollar value of each win about two point five eight million per win next season. And then they did they did a simple calculation: surplus value equals real value minus actual salary. And they ranked the worst deal. <laughs> the worst deal was DeRozan, five years, one hundred and thirty nine million, for a surplus value of negative seventy eight. Point one million. <laughs> How about Solomon Hill? Four years, fifty-two million. Yeah, that's not even on here. Like the top six yeah, that, were Michael, it was DeRozan, Evan Turner, Bradley Beal, uh, Kent Bazemore. Unbelievable. Also, who also got four years and seventy, just like Evan Turner, Harrison Barnes, and Timo. Those were the six worst deals. Really well, we got Evan Fournier five years, eighty-five million. But he's actually got some upside. Fournier. He does. No, I'll gi- I'll give you that. Even though he got like, cut from his national team, 
That's true. But like DeRozan is what he is. Like DeRozan's never yeah. getting any better than what he is. Well, you said that about DeRozan. What about uh, Lou Hall Dang? Yeah. But that's Lil the Lakers. Dang got more than Dwayne the, Wade. The Lakers, the Lakers deals almost don't count because it's Jim Bust and he's stupid. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, do you think that he's better than Dwayne Wade at this point? Lil Dang? Yeah. No. No. But he's younger. <laughs> well, he got two more years. I mean, he is younger, but so he's what's a, the deal he's for a pretty Dang? old 31. He still has four he still years. Has knee, yeah, but he still has knee cartilage. Yeah. <sighs> It's a four-year deal for seventy-five million. Yeah, that's the Lakers. Because it's the Lakers. How old Lakers. is he? Now? How old is he? He's thirty-two, right? He's thirty-one. Yeah, and but he's an, what, old, he's an old thirty-one though. Yeah, but he weighs <laughs> thirty-four, and you know. Yeah, wow. but Dwayne bone Wade's bone. ceiling is a lot higher than Luol Deng. No, Dwayne Wade's hit his ceiling and is falling back to earth. <laughs> this is the best. I'm reading an article. Explaining uh, Joakim Noah, uh, over oh. the last two seasons, Noah has moved like a stringless marionette. <laughs> <laughs> Four years, seventy-two million. For yeah. He should make a real Joakim. big difference in New York. Oh Man, my lord! I can't believe Brad Beal got one hundred and thirty million. Yeah, a guy. Like, yeah. I can't believe Nick Batoon got one hundred twenty-five million. I'm yeah. sorry, that guy just. Every time he hits free agency, everyone raves about, oh, who's going to land Nick Batum? It's like, it doesn't matter. He's not going to really move the needle for you. <laughs> he is not a needle. Nick Batum mythology. You know who's a, who is kind of a steal looking at this list? Richard Jefferson. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, based on how he played in the playoffs, he's worth way more than two years, $5 million. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you who who else were the some of the under? I gotta I mean, say, the Zaza, I actually, the Zaza signing is is kind of surreal. Yeah, how much was that? Two point eight nine million for one year. I that's don't like really that's like oh yeah they it. they gave that's him like their, Dion Waiters money. Yeah, Dion Waiters is actually <laughs> an underrated on an underrated contract. I don't understand the Pachulia move. He's only I mean he's thirty two. Why is he signing a one year deal? Wasn't he like an all star last year? Yeah. He, no, he wasn't an all star. He was. He almost was. He they was were. It was like a write in. Yeah. It was like a write in vote because people like <laughs> Dallas. He was. A, he was a Luke Walton all star last year. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he was a confident starting center. He wanted to win. He wanted to go chase a championship. So, so you know, if you guys want to root for the old Cavs, you got to root for the Nets or the uh, yeah, the Nets. <laughs> they signed Joe Harris two two years two million. They signed Jarrett Jack for one year. They uh, do they still have Donald Sloan? Uh, hang on. Did they sign Alonzo G? They should have. No, he went back to uh, Pelicans. He uh, went back to the Pelicans. Well, they signed Anthony Bennett. Oh, they did sign Anthony Bennett. But here's the thing: how much worse would they be? In worse shape would they be if they actually got the guys that they? They jacked up the prices for their on their on their home teams like Alan Crabb and yeah. Tyler Johnson. No, we should have thanked. Like them, they'd be really. paying they'd be paying yeah. those two guys like fifty million dollars per yeah. year. Yeah. No, we should be. Well, and then the them. funny thing is, is like, do you think if uh, Pat Riley knows that he's going to sign Dion to that really cheap contract that uh, that he matches Tyler Johnson? Because I don't think there's any way he would have. 
No. No. I mean that that Tyler Johnson match just it's mind boggling. It, it makes no sense. It's like this is a career, literally a career third point guard. Yeah, Michael. What value? He was making. What did he made bring to Chicago? Yeah, he, he got like four years. Four years. 48. Four years. Fifty. Yeah. So who he's will make be, more than Delhi? Who will be better over the next four years, Hassan Whiteside or Dwight Howard? Hassan oh, Hassan Whiteside. Who yeah. will be better Dwight. over the next four years, Bismarck Miyambo or Dwight Howard? Dwight Howard will be retired in four years. Ooh, hot take. I'm serious. He, like, right. he's, the game is passing I'm by. mentally saving that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, if you want to blow your mind, look at the Portland Trailblazers roster, you know, where they list their 2016, 2017 yes. salary. Yes, where do I get that? <laughs> where do I get that? What, what website are you on? I'm just on ESPN. I'm oh. just on the are you on roster. the trade machine? No, I'm just I'm just looking at their roster where they have Al Farikaminu at seven point six million next year, Alan Crabb at eighteen and a half, Ed Davis at six and change, yeah. Festus Azalea at seven and a half, Mo Harkless at nine, Myers Leonard at nine point two. I actually thought Myers Leonard was one of the better bargain signings. Like Yeah, but it's poor. He's only though, like, like Yeah, well, and they have like Five centers now. Yeah. Damian Lillard at 24. CJ McCollum, I don't think they've added in his new deal here yet because he's still at three, but I think that with the new figure, he's probably going to be at 20, 24, 26, something like that. And then Evan Turner at 16, three. Like, that's insane. I mean, this team is spending a lot of money to be like a three seed. No, I don't think they're a three seed. I think they're probably a. Yeah, they are only as they stand now. 1.7 1.7 million under the cap line. And this is the best. <laughs> so they spent all this money and then they have what call them? Uh, no, they have Plumley, uh, Miles Plumley, uh, becoming Mason, Plumley? Mason. Yeah. Sorry. There's too many Plumleys. Mason becoming a free agent next year. And he's arguably their best big man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Why? is he better than Ed Davis? Ed Davis was pretty good last year. Well, okay. Here's their big man. They got, I mean, he started over Ed Davis. Ed Davis came off the bench. Oh, did he? So they got Plumlee. They signed Festus Azili. They've got Myers Leonard, and they've got uh, Ed Davis. Don't so forget, don't and they're forget, still paying Chris. Don't forget Kamen. Chris Kamen, the second time we've talked about him in three days. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Kamen, yes. Chris Kamen, yeah. and yeah, you got to think that with all the oh, they guys, have Noah gotta, Vonley too. Yeah, you got to think with all the guys they got under contract that they're probably going to move Plumlee. Yeah, I mean they got like too many players. Yeah, Cavs get taken. But the best part is uh, his brother got another ridiculous contract. Uh, what was his contract with the uh, the Bucks? I got to look this up. Oh yeah, he got four years, fifty two million. Like <sighs> miles, and he's he's been traded three times. <laughs> like. He's Michael. He's not what very value? Good. <laughs> Aaron Aflalo's um, finally came back down to earth. I feel like every year everyone talks about that guy. Like, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, maybe we had Aaron Aflalo, but he's just been disappointing enough times that. Yeah, he was the ultimate like bad player on a good team. Yeah, or good average player on a bad team. Like, just would put up these ridiculous. He would. He was like. Poor man's Kobe Bryant last season, just putting up these ridiculous lines until somebody fi- they finally pulled him out of the starting lineup. 
And a hundred million for Harrison Barnes seems pretty steep too. Yeah. Well, that was like the Mavericks having no other options basically in, in free agency. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just replacing um, Chandler Parsons, right? Well, yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can see it that way. <laughs> how Gasol cashing in? Another I'm sure that's how they'll million. sell it to the fan base. <laughs> yeah. So wow, uh, Gerald Henderson, eighteen million dollar deal. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, and he—that's actually a, a pretty decent bargain deal in this market. I thought, like, I mean, is Gerald Henderson worse than Alan Crabb? I, I can't. I don't know. I, I didn't watch many Portland games last year. I mean, Crab, Crab's got that sort of Michael like poor White. man's. He's got that like poor man's Jamal Crawford kind of thing where he can hit he can hit shots and gets hot, but then he doesn't really get hot for the whole game. It's hard yeah. to say. I mean, he's such a he was such a bench player. I mean, he's yes. he's really that kind of you know perpetual like yeah instant offense guy off the bench. He's not great on defense, but he'll, he'll give you some points. The best uh, takes on uh, Harrison Barnes were from uh, Kirk uh, Serious Face on Twitter, uh, who 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 uh, writes for Mavs Moneyball, and uh, <laughs> he's like, "How can you pay that much money for a guy who can't dribble without looking down?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I mean, Harrison Barnes still has no face-up game. It's yeah. either catch and shoot or go on the block and just score by being tall. Who's going to pass him the ball, too? Is it going to be Barea? Well, they still got Deron Williams. Yeah, but come on. Like, Deron well, Williams. Like, he wasn't awful. Darren Williams? Is it? Are you guys, like, thinking of Teron Lou and so saying no, Deron Williams? I've always, I've, I've always pronounced it Deron, but. I thought it was Darren. I, I think it is Darren. Deron. Right. Man, yeah. Remember when we used to have the Darren Williams versus Chris Paul debates? <laughs> Which is like the most ridiculous debate of all time now. Yep. Did you now see that? Been... Did you guys watch that video of Michael Jordan schooling Chris Paul and uh and um Derek Fisher at a camp? No. Like oh, when man. was it? Like yesterday. No, the video was like yesterday? Yeah, so they're at a camp with all these kids. I mean, it's just like seas of kids. And you can't hear any of the audio, but the caption in the Vine or Instagram video or whatever is that Chris Paul wagered that if he could make more shots, I forget. He basically said, like, if you, you know, can't do this or something, all the kids get shoes, get Air Jordans. And so all the kids get all, like, riled up. So then Jordan goes around. It's kind of like an around the around the horn kind of game where you have to shoot. Okay. Like a, start at the foul line and then shoot around the perimeter. So Jordan makes all five of his shots or six of his shots. So he grabs the mic and says that Chris Paul has to make, if Chris Paul can make all of his, like all the ones Jordan just made, that he will buy all the kids' shoes. Well, Chris <laughs> Paul misses the last one. He chokes. Oh, man. And then Derek Fisher misses a free throw. He misses the first shot. <laughs> so the camp goes crazy. But, I mean, talk about a guy that isn't even in the other two players' league. <laughs> no, but it's just funny that Chris Paul, and you know, back, you know, probably on hole 10 of his career, kind of still in his prime, 
Um, and a guy that's considered kind of a, a little bit of a killer in his own right from a competitive standpoint lost to a uh, 50 plus year old Michael Jordan. The yeah, that, I mean, that goes along with never start a land war in Asia is yeah. don't yeah. bet against Michael Jordan in an individual competition. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Make America great again. Let's nominate Michael Jordan. <laughs> Would that guy like ever lose in, in in the international scene? First of all, all the all the dictators of the world would probably just be bowing down to shake his hand and get a signature <laughs> before they even like got to business. The guy cheated his grandma. <laughs> they, said, <laughs> they said it like he would cheat his grandma at cards. <laughs> That's true. And Michael Jordan's uh, older brother is a, I think, pretty decorated uh, army colonel so you know i didn't know yeah Mm -hmm. michael jordan picked number 23 because his brother i believe was number 45 and he wanted to be at least half as good as his brother (laughs) well we all have our talents yeah yeah i think the best free agent uh as i'm looking through him i think probably the best free agent pickup though is um I think uh, the Israeli team picking up Amari Stoudemire because that's going to oh, be worth a lot. Eiffel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although he does half own the team, I guess. So yeah, and and he will have one guy that's just specifically there to ice his knee the minute he comes out of every game. Like they had, that's part of the contract is he has to have a uh, a full time knee icer. He should just get robotic <laughs> knees at this point. <laughs> Because they're probably legal in that league, probably. So, I oh yeah, so the the but we're all agreed the absolute worst contract is Jamal Crawford, right? Is it Jamal Crawford or is it Austin Rivers? <sighs> I gotta say Jamal Crawford because he's 109 years old. Yeah. What did they? What was he? What did he finally make? Wind up making? He got a oh. four year deal. That's the worst part. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is he going to become a player coach at some point? Just be on the bench with uh, with Doc. No, no, no I, I'm sorry. It's a three year deal. Three, it's a three, three year, forty two million dollar deal. Oh my! And God. he he is he will literally be thirty nine in the last year of that deal. <laughs> that's just no. I guess he'll be thirty eight. Sorry, <laughs> but that's just insane. Man, Man tough summer for most Bates. <laughs> yeah. He got the min. <laughs> yeah, I, and after having a really good season last year, yeah, he did have a good season. Where he he kind of he he was in the six man discussion for a little bit. I feel like if he had, I felt like that game seven where he didn't even play in the 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 second half cost him a lot of money. So who? Okay, so who is the best contract of free agency? I mean, we, we've done some of the worst. I mean, I think it could be Richard Jefferson, to be honest, if you want to just go pure value. value yeah, pure added. value, I, I can't argue with that one. Um, let me see what other ones I like. I mean, there's Durant, clearly. <laughs> yeah, given Durant, it's hard to beat that one. Man, the other cockroaches, Ramon Sessions. <laughs> Ramon Sessions. That guy will not go away. <laughs> they will be running that that free throw line handoff play. You know yeah. which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until in, in like 2020. He's the guard version of Corey Maggette, E.G. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He has a strong right-handed ability to draw fouls. Yeah. 
he um, is the he is the shorter version of uh, summer league Jer- uh, Jordan McRae. Yeah. Does David Lee have anything left in the tank? Because I feel like he can pass with the, Spur- well. with the Spurs. He will. Yeah, because he can pass well too. Which I mean, you, we saw what the Spurs did to Boris Diaw after he could barely get off the bench on a seven-win Charlotte team. They made him an integral cog in a championship team. So, so if they can the do funny... the same thing to David Lee, they got him for two years, three point two million dollars. That could end up being the best deal. Yeah. One of the Actually, funny like, things about that deal was uh, they've got that team has Kurt Goldsberry now, and he's just like an all-time guy who would rip David Lee. So that's 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 going to be a little. What awkward. do you mean they got? First of all, it's not Kurt Goldsberry; it's Kurt Goldsberry, PhD. And when did they <laughs> I, get? I him? thought he was in their front office. Is he I really? Yeah. Huh. I actually like the. Um... I feel like Popovich would just like loathe that guy. Because he's not really into people that are into themselves. And I've never really seen a writer that seemed more into himself than Kirk Goldsbury. I actually like the, um, the, I Joe, like, John- the I li- Joe Johnson deal. Oh, I thought you were talking about Kirk Goldsbury. I guess he's, oh, pretty, sorry, no. he's pretty boring. I like his writing. I just, okay, yes. The Joe Johnson deal? Yeah, two for 22 for a Utah team that needs a guy like that. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. That's not a bad deal. I'm glad they didn't try to give him more than two years because. I feel like he's a guy that when he's done, he will be done, and it and will. Oh it'll... yeah, it won't be pretty. Yeah, I think also like San Antonio getting Gasol two for thirty is not a bad deal either. Okay, so Indy had two guys named Hill, Jordan Hill and Solomon Hill. I thought Jordan Hill was on the Lakers. No, he was. Well, they had last, no, but... they had three guys named Hill because they had George uh, Hill too. They had George Hill as well. <laughs> That's yeah, right. George, I thought Jordan Hill played on the Lakers. No, he was he played for the Pacers last year. Was he on the Lakers the year before that? Uh year two. Okay. It, it all blurs together, doesn't it? Tom? Yeah. <laughs> he was on was he on the team Michael, that the three point team that knocked out the garbage calves? Yes. With, with Ryan Kelly. The team yeah. that yep. got Chris Grant fired. Yeah. I believe he was. All right. <laughs> we promised so we promised EG that this wouldn't be long in the tooth, and we've already spent 20 minutes talking about the topic that we said we weren't going to talk about, which was free agency. <laughs> so we're off to a good start. Yeah. Okay. So the, the next topic, can anyone challenge the Cavs in one word or two words or less? Nate. Are, are we talking East or whole NBA? East. Okay. East. Celtics only if they trade for somebody. That was more than two, but I'll accept Celtics. It's a, it was one sentence. No, zero. I say no. I channel my inner coals this year. Yeah. No one can stop us. Well, no one got better. No one got better. No one got demonstrably better. I think you. Well, could, yeah. I think that, you I could mean, argue some... that maybe the Celtics got a little bit better. Yeah, but they got the one guy that's not going to help them against the Cavs because Tristan Thompson just owns. owns yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally true. Right, like if if I think Nate's right, like if they could, if somehow Danny Ainge could do what he hasn't been able to do for the last three or four years, and actually turn all of these forwards and guard forward guard combos into a Russ a Russ Westbrook, then or, sure, or even uh, Demarcus Cousins, sure. But he, I mean, I think Demarcus, to make it but, but Demarcus is not a guy that's going to. I mean, he Demarcus will be the guy that. I mean, talk about. Draymond Green, like, you know, having delicious well, I mean, the Suddenly like, they have a size advantage in the middle over the Cavs. You know, but not really. Cavs, but not with Horford. 
I would agree about anybody else, but but not Horford. Because, <laughs> dude, they've swept the Hawks the last two postseasons. No, I'm saying like with, Paul, with Draymond or with Cousins and Horford, they would have a size advantage over the Cavs. Uh, I don't know. What I don't know Horford and Cousins. Dwayne Wade bring to Chicago. <laughs> what was that? I'm saying there's a game you could. No, no, did someone sneeze? There's, there's a sneezed. case to be made. Okay. You could make the case. Interestingly, I think only, Detroit I think only if they get Westbrook. Honestly, I really think only if Boston gets Westbrook are they a threat. It's interesting. Otherwise, Detroit no is trying to go bigger because they also um, brought in uh, Boban Bug. What that guy's name? That Boban. Yeah, the guy that big, length, huge dude from With San the giant Antonio. Ears, that yes, guy? yes. He's seven three two ninety. So, can he run? Seven three two ninety? No, not he, really. He lumbers. Yeah, I mean that's bigger than Mozgov. Yeah, but I guess yeah. they didn't. They didn't break the bank to get him. So, but um, honestly, I mean, maybe they're doing that because they changed. Because they, they changed the rules. They changed the hacka hacka whatever rules to be uh, the last what two minutes of every quarter now. I, I, but does it really change? I don't think it changes the equation that much. No. Not unless Drummond can break the 40% barrier. No, I mean, I don't think it's going to change. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, it's yeah. not really. You're only talking about a couple free throws a game. No, Detroit will be better because they have a good coach. Right, exactly. But, but they're not going to be demonstrably better. They'll be better, too, because I like some of their younger players, I think. I, I, I do, too. I mean, Stanley Johnson was really good last year, uh, especially in the playoffs. Yeah. Against the Cavs. I mean, he, he punched above his weight, that's for sure. And they had, uh, who's the other guy they got? The young guy. The guy you like, Tom. Stanley Johnson? No, for the Spurs. Oh. Or not the Spurs, Pistons. The Pistons? Who's the young guy in the Pistons that I like? Yeah, you like, uh, can take KCP. Oh, KCP, oh. yeah. I KCP he'll he can be shoot a year ball. better. Well, he's a good yeah. defender, he too. He's a good wing yeah. defender. I mean, yeah, he's what he's what I would wish Shumpert could be. Yes, agreed. Yep. No, I think he'll they be got, better. I think Stanley Johnson will be better because he'll just you know. They got John Luer. Tobias got, Harris. Tobias Harris will probably be better with the once he's got more time to fit yeah, in. Yeah, I. They I got think John Luer to in. play that Ryan Anderson in. Uh, no, Orlando. I really hope they get the four seed and the Cavs beat them, and then they'll own the NBA's all time. Uh, playoff domination streak, which I think is a stat I made up because I've never actually seen anyone else talk. No, about I, after you called that out, I saw it a couple of places. Oh, did you? Yeah, the problem yeah. the problem with the Pistons is they still have Reggie Jackson, so yeah, yeah, they're not going and they, anywhere. And they have no Ish Smith is their backup point guard. Which oh, did Steve, Blake, did Steve Blake finally retire? Yeah, or well, I <laughs> I don't know if he's still on the roster or not. But um, list him on the roster, but I don't think I think he's still an unsigned on the roster kind of guy. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's not listed on the website. So yeah, on the official Pistons website, I I think I don't think Steve Blake had a choice in retiring. I just think nobody was going to sign him. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, they're definitely most of their guys are on are still ascending. Uh, they're on. They're still on the uh, upward side, or the you know improving side of the uh, aging curve. So I just I mean, don't know if they have enough. I don't know if they have enough shooting. You know what I mean? Because Reggie Jackson makes awful decisions. 
Mm-hmm. Stanley yeah, Johnson was hitting some some threes, and, and and KCP was hitting some threes, but they weren't enough to scare anybody. No, no. I mean, it really comes down to can that team play smarter? You got to think with uh, Ron Jeremy as their coach, they they will certainly improve in that area. I don't think he wants hedgehog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hedgehog. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, is there anybody else? So we got the Celtics, we got the Pistons. Does anybody think Raptors and Pacers? I don't know. Well, Raptors got worse. What about Perfect World Knicks? Oh no, no, just (laughs) only in Derrick Rose's mind. Perfect World (laughs) Knicks are a first round um, knockout. And by the the way, we'll probably play them. We'll probably knock them out in round one, and it'll be a Braun Mello, you know, one on one. You know, at least one of those games will be one. Of, you, you know, know they might... Dennis Schrader, Schroeder, has the reins. I'm sure Ben thinks the Hawks are going to uh, challenge. Uh, not with Dwight Howard, they're not. <laughs> uh, I'm God. just kidding, Ben. He was a lot better than I gave him credit for. Sure. <laughs> no, he was the old. He was Schroeder's cat. Remember, anytime you watched him, he was no good. <laughs> yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> yes, he was. Yeah. No, uh, the one thing about the Knicks, I will say there's an outside chance they get demonstrably better, and it's only if the zinger just takes a big leap, like an Anthony Davis second-year type leap, which I think is con- it's more conceivable than Derrick Rose giving them anything. So yeah. uh, Then they could be interesting, but he's probably still too young, and I don't love the organization set up to kind of exploit his uh, his his ta- maximize his uh, ab- abilities. Yeah, I mean, there's still going to be there's still going to be uh, Mello jacking up 25 shots a game. So, so did the Cavs get better? I guess the real I... question is 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 Mike Dunleavy Jr. Let's just say Dunleavy Jr. is healthy. Is yeah. a healthy MDJ better than Delhi? For what? No. The, for what? For uh, hold on. For what? Teron Lou wants to run. Yes. Okay, I'll accept that. Okay. Well, the one thing I will say that I I will say no on that question, but the Cavs did get better because the last three games of the finals, Kyrie <laughs> took a leap. Yeah. You know, into. Right into a superstar. Yeah. Su- right. You know, uh, he outplayed the league MVP. He did. You know, but that's the whole question is, and I look, I, I want to believe that he'll be that guy. And and by the way, he, he was pretty good all playoffs. I mean, yeah, yeah he, was. Was. Definitely... Like that came, he was good offensively. Off yes. All playoffs. That's it. Yeah. His defense got, though was better pure, than in the regular better season per series. Uh, yeah, in the playoffs. I mean, and it, I think it couldn't have been worse than the regular season, but, but it, was, it was better. But that's just it, though. I think the regular season. This is why I think it's it's going to be hard to quantify it because the next next year's regular season will be the most chill or chilliest or however you want to say it yep. uh, that we've ever seen. Because yeah. as long as they win fifty games, they're fine. Like as you know, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like I don't think anybody else in the East is going to win more than fifty games. At this point, the way that the the wealth has been spread out, and or or the yeah, the East not. feels very um, a lot of parity in the East. 
Yeah, it's the Cavs and it's everybody else. And there's, yeah. you know, and and you you could make an argument for the that the Bucks will make the playoffs and not make the playoffs. You could make an argument the Knicks will make the playoffs and not make the playoffs. There's about five teams you could make that argument for that you just don't know based on what happens with injuries and and what have you. But I think from the Cavs standpoint, it's not going to carry over that much for the regular season because they don't need it well, to. One thing I think Kevin Love will be demonstrably better in the seventh in the regular season, and Probably. I think it'll all yeah. it'll all be about confidence. Like the yeah. monkey will be off his back. You're they right. I think have right. LeBron subtweeting all yeah. half the season. But Nate, I'm not sure we'll notice because oh, I'll notice. I mean, Kevin Love was second <laughs> on the Cavs last year, I believe, in raw plus minus, and he was, you know, I believe he was in the top fifty yeah, he, players in the league, and like wrap them. So, oh, he was that. well, I don't know, but that's my guess. And we all remember from the baseball game who was more <laughs> knowledgeable about that from the hit. But, um, I mean, the Ouch. thing is, people that were criticizing Kevin Love this year, it was more for, um, you know, he'd show okay, up on Kevin vines. Love was seventh in the NBA in RPM. It's pretty good. Really? I'm sorry, tenth. He was That's 10th. really good. Either that's way, that's great. Still really good, yeah, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's showing that, I mean, he's a top, at the very least, whatever you want to say about rap, I mean, that, that's basically statistically saying he was like a top 25 player last year. Right. If he was top 10, then you could make a pretty easy argument that he was a top 25 player. Most fans would not have said that because they were too fixated on, um, they were fixated on lower, his Minnesota numbers. Little, yeah, they were fixated on raw numbers and they were fixated on him looking lost on defense every now and then. Because his his it, it, bad was like too many bad really vibes. ugly. Much like Delhi was a forty percent three point shooter, but a lot of people remember him throwing the ball off the side of the hoop because his <laughs> ugly was really ugly. That was Kevin Love last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he will be more efficient this year because I agree with you that the monkey buffers back. I'm just not sure it'll necessarily translate to where people will be like, Oh, here's the real Kevin Love. Like I think his usage still might be down. I, th- I think the Cavs would be wise to rest him a lot this year. And But I do think he'll definitely not be under any kind of weird, intense scrutiny. It's not going to be like, oh, should we trade Kevin Love? It's going to be like, doesn't really matter what any of these guys do until the playoffs anyway. We learned that yeah. last year. Yep. So here, I, I don't want to change gears real quick. Because I don't feel like enough people have talked about this topic. <laughs> So right now we're all just talking about free agents and Kirk Goldsberry, and I'm just <laughs> in a very good mood. And Kirk Goldsberry, re- PhD. PhD. There's really nothing to talk about. I me, mean, it's been quiet on the blog for a reason. There's just you know not much going on. Um, the Kevin Durant thing kind of pissed us all off, but I mean whatever. I mean we'll see what happens. I mean if we beat him now, it'll be like even greater. Can you imagine how different everything would feel right now? If the Cavs had not won the championship, I don't want to live in that universe, Tom. I mean, that would be DEFCON one, wouldn't it? That would be like we would have traded Kevin Love by now. We might have traded Kyrie by now. The whole like, I mean, who knows? Like the butterfly effect here is outrageous to me. Like what? How different? I I think a lot of it depends on how how it would have gone down. Like if they would have lost every if everything had gone exactly the same. It just the last five minutes, and and the Warriors edged him out. Like, do you think the Cavs make wholesale changes? 
I just all I know is everything would be different. There'd have been no parade. <laughs> There'd be so much anxiety right now. Like none of us would be able to really. I mean, we're the Indians. We're at the Indians game. They're in first place. We're just like that's awesome. We're not all sitting there at the game thinking like, oh yeah, but it's Cleveland. So Wait for you that other shoe to drop. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Andrew Miller. Oh, great. So now you're spending money. He'll probably just get injured. Yeah. You know. Rebates. Like we're. I mean, we're seriously all very optimistic that the Indians could win the World Series this year. And but it's not. It's not fake. It's just kind of like, holy crap, the Indians could win the World Series. How about but, that? Would not that be awesome? Think, but don't you think that the that that's part of what Nate was saying about the Kevin Love with the monkey off the back. And oh, I do. City, I do. City, I do. city, and finally with the championship. No, I'm yeah, just saying. Like, can you imagine segue. how miserable yeah. we'd be right now? Oh yeah. If it was like, but I'm with Nate. I can't. I can't. I can't let my brain go there. Like I, I don't. I don't. Oh, I think it's fun I, I to lived go in that there. world too long. Yeah. It's like the movie, uh, The Man in the High Castle. Man, it's like. Well, thank God we, you know, I'm reading. Thank I'm reading, God I'm, we beat the Germans. Yeah, I'm reading right now about. I'm, I'm, I'm so into World War II right now. Um, it helps me take my mind off everything else going on in the world, and it's just like reading about Churchill and and Roosevelt and their relationship and everything. It's like, yeah, it's a really good thing that one Churchill didn't acquiesce to the Germans and just allow them to rule Europe. And bided time while we built up our defenses and really got our, you know, manufacturing sector hell bent on, you know, churning out a ship a day and all that. But like that movie, the man or that show, The Man in the High Castle, it's like, wow, things would be really different, not a little bit different, like completely different. Like I feel like our whole attitudes about sports right now and our whole just the way summer seems to us would be patently different if the Cavs would have lost to the worst, oh, sure. which it was such an unlikely thing that they won. So I'm, it's not, it's not just awesome that they won and unlikely. It's like, wow, what a huge relief. Like we can just enjoy the summer and enjoy yep. the championship and we'll always have 2016, no matter what happens and everything yep. else is gravy. And I, it's, just... I feel like we're finally podcasting because we finally come around to this. Like, I think we were all, it was still surreal and not quite real for me for like three weeks. Yeah. Like I, I felt like I was going to wake up and it was all going to be a bad dream Yeah, or a good dream. A good and dream. I was going to wake up in the bad dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was, and it happened so fast, you know, it happened in five, the five longest minutes of my life. Yeah. Because I mean, <laughs> when, when they went to game seven, I think we all had real cautious optimism that, Oh man, they could just, they only need and, one game. Like anything and, could happen. Anything can happen game. In, in game seven. And then with like, yeah, with five minutes left, it was like, oh my gosh, like anything could happen in five minutes. And then five and minutes went did so happen. fast. Yeah, no one can make a shot. It it Kevin so Love had fast. one of the greatest lockdowns in NBA history. And there were few timeouts. Like we didn't have a whole lot of time. To, <laughs> I told you one of the funnier things about rewatching that game is right, no one makes any shots for a long time. And then Kyrie hits that insane, iconic three-point shot that will live on, not just in the minds of Clevelanders, but in NBA lore for probably all eternity. And immediately after he makes the shot, and uh, Mike Breen has barely stopped you know, <laughs> screaming about it, 
Jeff Van Gundy just real calmly goes, and I like the decision by Steve Kerr not to call timeout. It's like, <laughs> Jeff, like, how about living the moment, man? Like, you've been doing games all season. This is game seven of the NBA he Finals. The he had already processed it and moved oh, on. Oh, yeah. He had moved out. It was just another yeah. shot, you know? And he's you know what, though? Here. I love that, though. I mean, that's one of the things I like about Van Gundy. He's like, he's just odd like that. I, I enjoy his quirkiness. You know, it is, it is something that makes him good. He, he has insights about things that not only will the viewer miss, but the other commentators aren't going to point out because it's, yeah, he's totally the Andy Rooney of, of NBA. Well, I love that he doesn't let Mark Jackson get away with anything either when he's, yeah. Yeah. when they're talking about stuff and they're like, He's like, well, that's a foul. He's like, no, I don't think that was a foul. That that might be something we're talking about right now. If the Cavs lost, is Mark Jackson NBA head coach? I know. That's what I'm saying. It would not be just like a little different. Like, ah, oh, we lost again. But I, I think it would it. be. It would be a, a, a definitely a series of degrees. Like again, if they had lost Game Seven, they'd have taken it all the way there, and let's say. LeBron doesn't make that block, or Kyrie doesn't hit the shot, or Kevin Love, you know, gives up the three to Steph Curry, or you know, in typical like what previous Cleveland fashion, Draymond Green doesn't tag LeBron in the nuts. I mean, no, or or or, yeah, or or in in, no, I'm saying in Game Seven, where like like LeBron goes for that massive dunk and then breaks his breaks his wrist, can't shoot the free throws. They choose Sasha Khan off the bench. He misses them both, (laughs) and both states back down. Time and then I mean, I'm saying like that's like worst case scenario, but, but even in that, I'm moment, gonna wake up screaming that. Yeah. I'm gonna wake up and be like Derek, Derek. Even in that moment, though, like you gotta look at that and say, well, they got all the way back to get. They fought all the way back, and it was an even game, and it we came down to the last minute. And what are you gonna do about that, right? That's a very different way to go out than. They, you know, let's say yeah. I, what I was worried about was that they that go out Draymond game Green, five. Well, just, yeah, that Draymond Green gets suspended and they still lose game five in Golden State. And that's it. If that had happened, then I think you would yeah, see. But you knew that wasn't going to happen. That's not a Cleveland I, collapse. right? I, didn't, I mean, look, being down, th- being down three one and going to Golden State for. Yeah, I mean, but I think them, we're talking about them, different things because you're talking about. <laughs> How would that series be perceived? And no, I don't. No, I'm, I don't... Talking about what, I'm talking about what what the outcome would have been in terms of trading guys and yeah. and moving on from Ty yeah. Lue and that kind of and stuff. It, if they'd, if they'd gotten, if they'd have lost four to one, and you know lo- they lost the game at home, and then they and they lost the game that they couldn't even win without you know with the, with Draymond out of the game, like that would be. You'd look at that and say, all right, we had to make some tough decisions. Like we're, we can't. We maybe we can't win with 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 the with Kyrie and Kevin, and you know we need to find other answers here. Yeah, maybe, that's like a very calm. Not, that would probably be publicly how they'd be. I'm talking yeah. more about just the zeitgeist, right? Like all of us would be freaking out. There would be a hundred articles already on blogs and on you know big sites about the Cavs' window closing, right? And it would be about LeBron doesn't have enough help. And should LeBron join his banana boat buddies and create another super team? I mean, oh, it, it would, would be, be deaf. Kevin Con Love, Carmelo Anthony trade rumors. Oh, oh, there would be. Yeah, there'd be a lot of those. Um, you know, so I don't. Do you think? Oh, here's a here's a question. Do you think Durant, the Durant thing still would have gone down if Golden State I don't had won? No, I don't know. That is a good that is a good point. That may have been different as well. But I'm just looking at this more from a how much, you know, we had a lot of anxiety in 
2010 going into that season. Because in 2009, the Cavs were the best team in the league. They had the best point differential. They won the most games. They went 8-0 to start the playoffs, and they won all eight games by double digits. And then they ran into a buzzsaw, and the mindset among all of us was like, we are so good, and it still wasn't good enough. It was the same old, same old. Everyone kind of faltered, except LeBron, like when it mattered. Now what? And they went out, and they made a million moves. Anthony Parker, Jamario Moon, bring in Shaq, literally, so that they wouldn't have to double-team Dwight Howard. There was no other reason to bring him in. Um, You know, just they spent, spent, spent. They assembled this Frankenstein team. They won 60-plus games, and it was just like, all right, we got a good team just like last year. We got LeBron in his prime, and we're not going to have these weird, like, matchup disadvantages. We have enough length on the perimeter to contain, like, the Kobe's and Paul Pierce's of the world. And we have a bona fide, massive behemoth to contain the Andrew Bynum's, Pau Gasol's, and Dwight Howard's of the world. We're good because we know we're only going to face the Magic or the uh, Lakers, and then they lost the Celtics. And I'm just saying, we had a lot of anxiety going into that season. I feel like if the Cavs would have lost to the Warriors in any fashion, whether they got swept or lost in heartbreaking fashion in Game 7, I feel like the anxiety would be greater than it was going into the 2010 season when LeBron was a free agent and Oh, for sure. A lot more pressure. So I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. (laughs) Well, and that's what I love about sports and about the NBA. I mean, tiny little moments of, you know, what if Steph, Steph Curry doesn't throw that ball away with that ridiculous behind the back pass? Does that game turn out the same? Like the ball goes in or doesn't go in. The net changes literally people's lives for years. Oh, I mean, forever, forever changes lives forever. If Westbrook doesn't totally throw away game six at the end of it, the, the thunder in the finals. Yeah. And then everything is different. You know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, is it fate or is it death? Is it destiny or is it random chance? No, you're right. And I think it's, I think you're underselling it because you're talking about like moments in a game. I mean, this was too, like, this was the greatest player of his generation. Greatest player since Michael Jordan clashing with the player, you know, stealing his crown. And it was a team trying to get a monkey, a city trying to get a monkey off its back. It was so many things. And it came down yeah. to like literally a minute. It came down to one minute separated two completely different universes. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I maybe not even one minute. I mean, you look at two seconds, that two seconds that it took LeBron to go. I'm just saying the score court. was tied, right? No, no, no. I know. I'm, I'm just throwing on a corollary. Like the two seconds it took LeBron to go from half court to blocking yeah. Andre Iguodala's shot. I yeah, mean, or, or just look at something seemingly mundane like J.R. Smith making enough of an effort to get in positions so that Iguodala had to double pump to wait yeah. for Smith to go by him. So that he had a clean attempt. Yeah. That that <laughs> probably added point two seconds to the play. Yeah. And that if he wouldn't have had that point two seconds, it would have been goaltending. You know? Yep. I mean yeah. it's just little things like that. Or like Kevin or, or Love. Kyrie Irving just taking ridiculous chances with the ball. Oh my god. After gosh. that block. Yeah. And then <laughs> somehow 
keeping it and not turning it over. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know I brought this up at the Indians game. Like, who got more redemption and vindication out of just the fact that they won? Right. I mean, you the the easy answer is LeBron. Right. He finally did what he set out to do. He did the only thing left for him to do from a legacy standpoint, really. I mean, that's probably the right answer. But yeah. you could look at J.R. Smith. I mean, everything that that guy has had attached to his name, sure. um, being the consummate professional, being the third leading scorer, uh, bringing them back from a malaise that it looked like they wouldn't recover from in game seven and hitting all those shots to start the third. Yeah, the defense on the Iguodala play, um, just the, the really beautiful moment he had on TV, like with his dad and, you know, talking about his daughter and how opening up to Scott Van Pelt about how he wasn't always a great father. And that's like the focus of his life now. I mean, you can make a case for him. You can make a case for Kyrie up until this, that guy has won nothing. I used to deride him for just being like an all-star game superstar, you know, <laughs> and a, and a YouTube highlight sensation and a, you know, practice, uh, you know, Team USA practice superstar. He was the, the greatest vine player of all time. But, you know, in my opinion, his whole career, he showed us no growth from a court vision perspective, defensive principles, communication, um, decision making on the pick and roll. I mean, this is documented stuff by. Yeah. A lot of us that watch all of these games with a with a very close eye. And this is analysts saying this isn't just like us that have some kind of weird agenda, people think. This is like little real analysts like pointing this out about him. No one's gonna remember any of that. No one's gonna remember kind of the somewhat dumb I mean, they were aggressive plays, I'll give him that. Being aggressive sometimes in and of itself is good. But yeah, his decisions at the end of that game were puzzling. Like, run out some <laughs> clock, you're up. You know, yeah. And then, well, how about how about Kevin Love with just a whole season <laughs> full of vines of him getting? Yeah, no, that's another on one. Defense, and then no, he you redeems could go, himself. Yeah, with one of the great stops in NBA history. Right, and I think, but see, I think I still. But think, not only, though, and not only that, but just I mean, you silencing the haters in one fell swoop. Like you can't, you can't bang on Kevin Love the way he used to. In the I same think, way that you can't bang on Cleveland the way people. No, yeah. but I think people will find a way to bang on Kevin Love more than I feel like Kyrie has been exonerated of all charges. Like I, I, I mean, already. I mean, we've seen it. We're getting taunting tweets from some of our Cavalier contemporaries, you know, about things we tweeted months ago about Kyrie doing something dumb, and it's like that. That still happened, right? I mean, you were arguing then that he was like the greatest thing ever, and we were arguing that he was uh, in some ways sabotaging his own talent and he did play better all around defensively, decision-making shot-making. He played better across the board in the playoffs and the finals. He did outplay the unanimous MVP. And so I just sort of feel like he has completely rewritten. I mean, any like there's, you know, 75% of the population thinks he's just a phenomenal wonder kind. 25% thinks he's pretty overrated. Well, now, I mean, it's just like, no, he was a phenomenal wonder kind. We all knew it and <laughs> we saw it on full display and any, you know, and, and everything else is just like shoved under the rug forever. I think with Kevin Love, you still might see a little bit like, well, he's just never been the same Kevin Love we saw in Minnesota. And, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, here's another underrated one. I wasn't even aware of how much Richard Jefferson had epically lost in his career up until this oh, yeah. championship. 
I mean, going back to like high school, I feel like there was yeah. an interview with him. He's like, I have lost in dramatic fashion at every level. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he was on that Wildcats team that lost. Was it in the finals? In uh, in the NCAA championship game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then he was on. He had two Nets teams. Yeah, he was on the Spurs for two or three years when they didn't win it. Yeah, and they didn't win it. Yep. Um, he was on Dallas. Uh, you know, as they kind of faded. You know, faded into yep. Bolivia, as Mike Davidson would say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean you're right. He has had some epic losing and he certainly seemed to enjoy his his moment in the sun at the end of that. Yeah, he did. I mean Ty Lu totally Ty uh, Lu, yeah. 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 Right. A lot totally of us look from getting exposed as a coach in the first four games and kind which of, would be Ty which Lu, would be forgivable under normal circumstances, but not under right. circumstances where you're replacing a a coach that took the team to the finals right. the year yeah. before and was thirty and eleven when he got right. fired. Right. Yeah, and the one thing I mean, Ty Lu, much like you talked about, Kyrie's defense improved every round of the playoff. I thought Ty Lue's coaching improved every round of the playoffs. Like oh, yeah. every round, it seemed like something happened and he made adjustments. And then he made better adjustments in the next round, but the challenges yeah. got bigger. And then, like, well, Toronto. Sorry, he out, he out, I was saying he outcoached Steve Kerr in those last three games, and especially well, yeah. in game seven. There was one constant among every round of the playoffs, and it was not what I would have expected because I always sort of thought of Ty Lue as, okay, he's a good players coach, right? He'll keep the players' heads in the right place. The Cavs were dominant out of timeouts. I don't even need to look up the stats because – Every t- every time out they'd come out of, they'd do something great, and I'd be like, "Wow!" And it just got it just got normal to be like, "Yep, yep another Ty Lu timeout." Yeah, and another story, like really good adjustments. Like something wouldn't be working, and he would make a timeout and nip that in the bud. But even just, or, I mean, I don't know yeah. how much it's him or some other coach in the huddle, but just the the creativity they drew up out of timeouts, especially um, when they were inbounding on you know in a half court set. It's just phenomenal. So I will say a lot of Ty Lue's lineup decisions were completely just not defensible. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> Whatever. I mean, sure, go ahead. Play Mo Williams. YOLO. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, prove that you can do it, right? It's he like, was playing uh, with house money. It's I like mean, the, I was watching American Ninja Warrior last night, and this guy was had a real flair for the dramatic, really fun guy to watch. <laughs> And he climbed up the, uh, you know, that ramp they run up, and it's like you got to run up the ramp and then jump and pull yourself up. He he ran up the ramp, grabbed on, and then it was like, what is he doing? He turned his hands around backwards and did like a backflip up over the top of it, which was Jeez. ridiculous. And it was like the first thing on the course, so he potentially <laughs> did something stupid that would have disqualified him. And at the very least, it had to have been a lot harder to do that. Right. So he must have tired himself out more doing that. But this guy, I mean, he sees the big picture, right? He sees that winning American Ninja Warrior nets you, I don't know, a hundred grand getting on some, you know, Under Armour commercials or something like that gets you the real money. So he's trying to make, <laughs> he's trying to make a name for himself. Maybe that's what Ty Lu was doing. He's like, you know what? Not only am I going to win the GD finals, I'm going to do it playing Mo Williams. Like and Dante just, Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Dante Jones. I'm going to hate Dante Jones myself. that move. Oh my God. That five points. Like, Five points in like a minute, yeah. And yeah. drawing two fouls on uh, Draymond. 
Yeah. <laughs> Draymond was the biggest loser, I think. Yeah. He's, so yeah, the converse of that, the biggest loser. Yeah, yeah. The converse of that, the biggest redemptions is is the biggest losers in the yeah. whole thing. Steph Curry's reputation definitely took a blow as a guy you can, and you're going to see teams to isolate on him all next season now because of what the Cavs did. Here's the you other know. thing: he's never going to be for as long as Kevin Durant's on that team. He's never going to be in the MVP again, right? Well, he can't, how, it, can, how can he be? And the whole like, is he the best player in the league? Has been put to rest, in my opinion, until LeBron retires. I mean, yeah. LeBron is going to get the full on like the way Kobe fans treated Kobe his last like I don't know, well, basically his whole career, the whole world of basketball subculture will deify LeBron in my opinion the way they have Jordan and the way Lakers fans did Kobe and I don't even think it matters what he does from here on out he got to add another Z on his rings yeah and it's just so it doesn't matter if next year Steph's PER is 40 and he shatters none of and LeBron goes chill mode through the whole season and the Cavs you know get knocked it doesn't it doesn't matter at this point this was Hakeem versus Shaq, it's like you're just not going to make the case, or Hakeem versus David Robinson, you're just not going to make the case that anyone that played when LeBron was in his prime was better than LeBron because they weren't. I mean, it's statistically provable, and now it's provable by the Z and the end of the rings (laughs) argument. (laughs) It's true, though. I mean, honestly, like Steph was a big was a was a huge loser in this because he disappeared. I mean, he really, he, he clearly either, and you know what? People can say throughout the injury thing as many times as they want to. I saw him drop 40 on Portland after the, yeah. the, the, he came back from knee thing. You don't, you don't play a game like that if the knees still bother. He may not have been timing wise the guy He's that he was. Dunking on dead balls. He's trying yeah. to, he's trying to dunk on dead balls. Yeah. yeah. He's I mean, trying to he's dunk just, on dead balls. Yep. He's not, you're, and you're right. Like the Cavs figure it out how to how to isolate him, and like nobody had before. Well, and I and think the Cavs. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, when I think because I think OKC was doing a little bit of it in the the series before, and then he, you know, and then I think they they just got you know they got they got in their own heads with with OKC, and they started and and I think Clay Thompson really helped save that series for them, but but and I OKC think Clay choked. Well, that's true too, but I think Clay's probably the guy that's going to wind up losing more shots than anybody with Durant going there. But I, I still see how you can. The, the, there's no way to get around the. Okay, we 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 choked away the three one lead. We you know we're we're a foot. Our seventy three win season is a, now a footnote in the yeah. in the NBA history. It and is. yeah, it's the it's the Patriots in whatever that year that was when they 07. went sixteen and zero and yeah no seven and. You know they had to go out and get the best, the next best player in the league. Arguably, like we only had one of the top three players. Now we have two of the top three players to try to somehow beat the, you know, beat the Cavs. Yeah, I, yeah. So I was we could only because we could only beat them because we could only beat them when they were when they were when they had the two of their big three injured. All right, so let's rank real quickly. Just names, no explanations. The biggest losers of the finals. I'll start. Uh, biggest was number one. I'm gonna go Maurice Spates because two years at the minimum when freaking like <laughs> guys are getting that kind of money is awful for a guy that's not that old and doesn't have injury history. Um, 
I'm going to go Draymond Green second. I'm going to go Steph Curry third. Clay Thompson. I thought you said we weren't ranking. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said we are doing. I said no explanations, oh, okay. and then I proceeded to oh, give okay. an explanation. So, um, Mo Spates, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Steve Kerr. That's my list. Biggest losers. Um, how about you, number. Nate? Sorry, go ahead. No, how about you, Nate? What's your uh, list? Number one, uh, Braymond. <laughs> Just. I mean, the entire way this offseason has played out for him has been, let, let's just call it unfortunate. And uh, <laughs> then you've got... Let's keep it rated G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, good gravy. Well, here's, I what I, here's what I don't get, right? Wasn't Snapchat literally, the joke was it was invented so that you could send, like... Dick yeah, pics was, and no was, one would ever find out. <laughs> was was that the whole the point of Snapchat? App. It was right. the app. But here's the thing. You know what? Own it. Don't say don't say I got hacked and then and then own it. <laughs> Just own it. Say, oh yeah, I meant to whatever. It's like he you know, he said it's like, like oh I got hacked and then thirty minutes later he's like, Oh no, I really he copped to it, you know, I really did it. And like, did anyone learn anything from Greg Oden? Like, if you're a professional <laughs> athlete, why are or, you tech- or Brett Favre. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, wait. You you got interrupted, Nate. So like. Okay, go, so go so Braymont clearly the biggest loser out of all. I mean, the and the the nut tap on LeBron, a, a big factor in the Cavs coming back and winning that series. Uh, number two, you've got Steph Curry, who his endorsements had to have taken a hit. He is no longer the NBA's golden boy. Uh, he he was definitely shown to be mortal in the finals. Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Sean Livingston, who the Cavs figured out that all you all he has right now is that post up turnaround jump shot that that elbow jumper. Uh, he's not a guy that is. They weren't putting him in pick and roll. He refused to drive to the basket. Uh, he he's kind of a lankier and better defensively uh, Jamal Crawford right now. It's like his pull-up jump shot is his only offensive weapon. Okay, so that, that's, that, that's a really weak pick, but continue. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, I'll definitely go with Steve Kerr. Um, actually, before I go with Steve Kerr, I'll go with uh, who, who's the who's the Warriors owner? Joe Lacob? Joe yeah, Lacob, Joe yeah. Lacob. Yeah, Joe Lacob, who just was... I mean, talk about just tempting the basketball gods. Seriously, that was a God can't sink the Titanic kind of thing this year with that guy. It really was. Yeah, it really it was, was. It was nuts. And the whole thing of like, like how brilliant do you have to be to stumble into Steph Curry? Like it, he just doesn't realize how. Yeah, how Minnesota drafted on. not one but two point guards before their pick. It, and neither of those point guards uh, were Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, one of them was one of the worst draft picks ever. I hope that... Joe Lake up sending dick picks to David Kahn <laughs> every night. <laughs> All right, so, did you get to five? Hold on. So, yeah, and it it was a lot about what you talked about. Like, uh, remember when they were talking about uh, Ty Lue's great coaching against Detroit? And uh, Sam Van Gundy was like, yeah, him putting LeBron <laughs> yes. back in the game was a real brilliant move. Yeah, that was a great press conference. Yeah. <laughs> what a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then and then number five, 
Hmm. Yeah, I'll go with Mo Spates, number five, over Steve Kerr. I actually yeah. thought Steve Kerr. Yeah, and Azili got way too much money, in my opinion, for us to have him. I mean, because he should be in this list, but he's still... Oh, no, he's on my list. Okay, okay, okay. all right, EG's list. Let's go. All right, so number one for me, unequivocally, is Donkey. Steph Curry. Oh, interesting. Wow. Here's why. I just Here's lost why. a lot of money. Because Steph Curry, St- I know, I know you, you, because you, because th- of my hatred. For, yes, yes. For no, I thought you were going to vote with I'll your explain. heart. Your vote I'll with your head, why. though. Okay. Steph Curry, unanimous MVP, hit over 400 threes and broke broke all kinds of records. New face of the league, the guy that everyone like could literally walk on water uh, for ESPN and every other media outlet, came up short. Proved that he wasn't. Proved that he wasn't any of those things. That his seventy-three win team didn't matter. That none of it mattered. That and and looked like a baby throwing his mouth guard in what was that game six? Yeah, and having his wife tweet the things that she tweeted. And, you know, that the NBA is rigged and that, you know, that, that, you know, all these other things. And he's just, you know, and I think, I think Steph comes, you know, he wanted to come off as this, like, this sort of new, this new age of of hero in the NBA. And now it's that, that's gone. It's all gone. Kevin Durant. Can I I add to that? Can I pile on? Pile on. Pile on, baby. So, and then he's got the old man shoes. (laughs) and now he's not the top shoe in the clubhouse anymore like nike moved into the locker room yeah so so that's so that's my that's my number one i think unequivocally uh, and and i hate to ever you know agree too wholeheartedly with with something that that uh a certain uh a certain commenter (laughs) but he really he really did prove to be fraudulent you know in terms of of the kind of just the kind of guy i mean look he had plenty of opportunities to step up and hit a shot in that fourth quarter to make a difference to change the change the narrative i mean he he had plenty of opportunities to not create unforced errors yeah throwing the ball throwing that ball behind his back out of bounds just one of the many one of the many he had uh, at least three turnovers in the fourth quarter but he just i mean he jacked up some some shots that just were ridiculous like he just had no business doing and how about that that kevin love vine with the stop all he's got to do is just drive drive past him just drive past him so so that's that's my he's my number one number two I got to go with Draymond just because that, that then my hatred does enter back into it. And what, what tempered that for me a little bit was the fact that he balled out. And oh yeah, he, he did. I had the game. That, game was, seven because of that was almost, he would have been the, he would have been the, the MVP of the, of the finals. Yes, he would have. Well, he actually the they that, might've given it to LeBron, to be honest. I think I they actually might've done it this time. I, if he, if, if he'd have got, cause he had a near triple double, he was a, an assist short of, yeah, of triple, but his stats got, gotten the triple double coming think, back. I think with that would have done it. Happened, I think he might've, I think they might've just, well, given it to I can just maybe, but I can just tell you before that game, uh, I believe I saw something online where they pulled, a handful of the people that were actually had votes and yeah. all of them, all of them going into game seven had LeBron as their MVP. And a couple of people, I think tweeted about it and just said, I don't even really care what happens in this game. 
Yeah, but um, everyone says that, and then yeah, you see what no, I know. Happens. And and Draymond's Green, Look, he couldn't miss from his, he couldn't miss from three in the first half. Like yeah. he, what was he, four for four, five for five, he was something like five that. Five for five, I think, in the first half, and then yeah. he hit that one in the second half where the closeout was actually pretty good, and he just kind of flicked it. And yep. normally he has that really long load up time, and he like sticks his butt out, and it's it's just it's 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 like a yeah. guy that's not a, really a three point shooter shooting threes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the equivalent um, of the Delhi knee bend. I know. Yeah, and he just flicked it, like, and started <laughs> yeah. walking away, like he was Steph, and I, and he, yeah. just, and he bought him in the net, and I just thought, like, oh god, this is this Trouble. is that, like that's a, not good. That's not a good. We this we is a cosmic, like, would have forever been known as the Draymond as the Draymond Green game, right? It would have been right. I didn't, even, it, I didn't even bring that up before when I was going off about DefCon One. Can you imagine if yeah. like Draymond was? Uh. The, oh my gosh! And instead. We got him getting arrested. We got him looking like an idiot. We got him. I'm going to quote what? our favorite commenter. We got him being a fraud, crying <laughs> to his buddy Durant to come save him. Yeah, we got all of that. And, and the summer is young. We got another month for Draymond to do something stupid. But I, I here's, can't wait. But here's the, but here's the, the thing that tempers, tempered me and why he wasn't like one or even one B for me is that he was one of the guys that came over after the game, shook shook the hands of the Cavs, yeah. and said they they beat us, man. Like, yeah, I, yeah no, I, I'll give you that. He was I not. Gotta, a... I, and I and some part of me was like, all right, for as much as I hate this guy, I kind of I can't not respect that. Like, yeah. like he's, I, I'd have respected actually... it more if he would have shown a little bit of respect going into the finals. I mean, yeah. at that point, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it's better than him. He's better than he's better and... at that than than Clay Thompson, who by yeah. the way is third on my list. Okay, uh, Clay okay. Thompson. Clay Thompson, the guy saying, "Oh, wait. look, Clay Thompson single handedly ignited LeBron with his commentary about, oh, I guess you know, I, I guess we hurt his feelings, or I guess he's like Clay Thompson basically did, and his dad, by the way, if if for any of that who listens to LA radio, just could you know just." Oh, LeBron's this big baby. I mean, that's where the baby talk really started. I mean, I know that most right. Bates tweeted the the right. baby bottle right. emoji, but that Clay Thompson is the biggest reason why I think LeBron just said, "Okay, okay, Th- this is this is how it's going to go down." And he, and I think he lit the fire, he lit yeah. the fuse, and that was that. So I think he's the third biggest loser for in my book. The fourth biggest loser would be Steve Kerr because. It just didn't break enough clipboards, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was intense, man. That yeah, God, what a great he, series. Like, even if I you're think, not a Cavs or Warriors fan, what a great series just for yeah. basketball. But I think, look, I think Steve Kerr may have just gotten exposed for how just how good his assistant coaches are because Luke Walton did a tremendous job with that team and got himself a head coaching job out of it. I want. I really wonder how it's going to go next year when he's got Mike Brown on his bench. Hey, Mike uh, Brown's a good pre- preparation. I know. Coach. I just had to throw that shot in there. Sorry. I know. But and, and then but, I tied, mean, for, tied for fifth for me would be Joe Laker because I can't stand that guy and he was so smug going into the finals and you know it couldn't happen to a a nicer guy yeah. and his partner Peter Guber who's an absolute horrible human being and then. <laughs> And then uh, Festus, because every t- Festus was almost unplayable, and I think he kind of goes hand in hand with the Steve Kerr nomination because, like, for as for as much as Festus sort of helped them last last year, 
he he was terrible this year. Like he was, I mean, they they'd have been better off just playing Andy the the whole time after Bogut went down because and Andy wasn't much better. But Fess has just just really hurt them. He really hurt them with with the the missed shots and the the missed assignments and you know just you know just silly fouls. Like he just he was just they every time he was on the floor, I think they they were in the negatives. So he'd be the fifth. Tied for the fifth biggest loser for me. Uh, well, my my honorable mention loser is you just covered him, Anderson Barajow. <laughs> might yeah. have been, oh, yeah. might have been the biggest loser in the entire. Th- like he is, he's honorable mention, but he might be number one. Like if yeah. he had a bigger impact, like he gets um, traded from the Cavs midseason, signs with Golden State, thinks he's going to win a ring, and then he's part of the reason that they lose because they were just laying so far off him in the pick and roll they were like just not worried about him catching the ball and finishing at all like well they were- and, and he, he reverted to the worst version of his flopping self like yeah. like that that was what i couldn't believe like he really like i, I and maybe i just got immune to it or, or he just didn't play enough in the last few years with the Cavs that that because he was hurt or whatever that i just i just don't remember i i, I it felt like like andy circa like 2007 or eight when he was like at the height of his floppiness, you know, with the hair and everything. <laughs> like he just looked like he was literally on every defensive play. And he had one really egregious one where he drew a foul on Kevin Love that I thought was just like, I can't believe that the ref fell for that. Like it's, they've yeah. seen this act so well, and often, it became so like It became an ongoing storyline with uh, Mark Jackson and, uh, and uh, Jeff Van Gundy. Like they kept talking about it. Like, why would you call that yeah. when a guy has that reputation? Yeah, they were piling on a little bit. I actually called it a little bad, but not really. He to take the ring. He's like, even weird. if the Cavs give me a ring, I don't want one. I don't want so it. So weird. So weird. It is weird. I don't take know. Take the ring, that, dude. Well, here's uh, the thing. I mean, that Stop. could be like Sasha, a pride. Sasha, didn't he retire? That could be like a pride thing, though. Well. I'm yeah, not going to rag on a guy if he's too proud. Pride, 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 take the ring. Well, here's Rinse the thing. I wonder if some, pick. if there was some talk. I wonder if there was some trash talk that ticked Andy off. Like if, uh, if yeah, there were some tense for, moments for, in the, with the teammates. Even more, even more reason to take the ring. Who cares? It's a ring. Take it. Yeah, take it and sell it on eBay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not just a ring. I mean, it's a story, right? So your grandkids. Yeah. Oh, let me see your championship ring. Oh, well, yeah, I was on the other team, the one that choked. <laughs> I mean, like. I mean, that's going to be kind of awkward, right? Yeah, but then didn't they still give you a ring, Grandpa? Well, I turned him down. I mean, it's like, do you, like, you're keep, a jackass, your, do you keep your ring when you get divorced? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little... You could totally... Be, I think it's reasonable to not take the ring, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily... I, I, I see both viewpoints. Okay. Look at this. Progress. Bipartisanship. <laughs> so everyone need. We all need it, a little more of it in our lives. There you go. Uh, that was a that was a great great topic. So what do we got next, Tom? I don't know. I, it was a good topic. I, I... <laughs> so um, uh, Jr. Smith, Jr. Smith. What what do you think is going to happen? I think we all agreed at the game that he's coming back. It's just it could get drawn out much it's in the be, way. Yeah, I thought I thought E.G. had the best take on it. Yeah. E.G., what was your take on on the Jr. Smith? I think it's just going to be it's going to be Tristan Thompson part two. Yeah, and, Tristan Thompson. And I think I think because it's because it's all really all the same. The only thing that's different is that uh, I think 
Tristan was a restricted free agent, whereas Jar's not. Right? Isn't that the only difference? Like the Cavs could have met. Could is that the is that? I thought the case? Jr. had a Jr. is unrestricted because he opted out. He yeah. opted out he, right. his, his option. So I think that's the only real difference. But it's a, the situation so similar where you know what Jr. wants and what the market will bear are two different things because no one's coming. No one really has cap space left anymore. See, I and, I assume that, but I guess I don't totally know that. I'm pretty sure. There isn't a, another team since the Heat signed. They had the offer match with with Tyler Johnson, Tyler and Johnson. then they yeah, and they had just enough to sign Dion. So and then the Seventy Sixers, I think, are maybe the only team. Oh, okay. the Sixers, the Nuggets, and we know he's not get. I know Denver doesn't want him back. Yeah, uh, the Nets have sixteen million left, uh, and I got to think they're wary of him being back in New York. Uh, yeah. The Suns have 13 million. Oklahoma City is a team that they have 12 million. You would think, why not if you're Oklahoma City? Like, but you know he wants longer than a one year deal. Yeah. So right, that's the thing. That's uh, the other, other thing, right? He he wants serious money. Um, he wants I mean, 15 a year. He's what 32 now. Yeah. He wants 15 a year, and at least three years. Yeah, and that's. But by the way, it's. Again, he's he's represented by Clutch, yeah. same way that Tristan was last year, and it's gonna go to a place where the, you know at, at a certain point the Cavs will just say okay, and it'll just be that you know whatever the whatever the pound of flesh they have to take right. to that's wait around for to whatever, and it'll just you know the only thing that's different is that last year LeBron signed pretty pretty quickly after the. You could. Yeah, he didn't wait. And for this Tristan. year he has – this year it's different. Even though he's yeah. declared that he's going yeah. to, it's yeah, it sort of just like, be a little extra LeBron uh, leverage. Yeah. You know, I can well, and LeBron has a decision too. LeBron has a decision whether to sign the long-term deal yeah, uh, to make like $30 million a season or – Can he, he signs make more a, with the long-term deal if he signs next year? He can year? make more in this season if he signs a long-term deal. And Brooklyn probably doesn't want him back in New York. Phoenix, it uh, doesn't make any sense for anybody. Oklahoma City might actually make some sense, but if Westbrook leaves, they're going to want to blow that team up. And a long-term deal for JR doesn't make a lot of sense for them. Utah is the one that I have heard is a possibility, and we kind of discussed a little bit. They already have a ton of guards, and they would have to move some people around because they only have about $10 million in room. So... Much like Tristan Thompson last year, I think what is our general consistent consensus? He's gonna Jr. is gonna sign yeah. right before camp. I think so, and I think it'll be for somewhere in that twelve to fifteen a year range. Yeah, that's what I think too. It'll be around like thirteen or fourteen. Like he'll want fifteen. The Cavs will want like more like eleven, and they'll settle somewhere in the middle. Is my guess. Yeah. yeah. Or the other thing I could see happening is they give him like the other option I've heard is like the four year deal. But with the last year, like five million guaranteed or something, so there's some extra payout at the end. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other one. So we touched on it. I just touched on the other guy that I want to talk a little bit about redemption. Tristan Thompson. Nobody's talking about that eighty-five million dollar contract anymore. No, that's true. Even my dad at breakfast the other day was like. 
Tristan Thompson looks like a steal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I could just see all these like uh, I could see like David Zavik from Fear the Sword just like fist pumping while my dad said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know what? All the virtues that we touted of Tristan, uh, he showed, and yep. he really uh, some of the blemishes weren't as much there. Like rim protection, right, was sort of a blemish. Uh, his lack of it. He he did a pretty good job protecting yeah. the rim. I mean, Andre Drummond didn't really have his way. Um, you know, certainly he held his own against uh, the Warriors bigs. Yep. Um, he dominated Horford. He dominated and Horford and Millsap again. Yeah. So uh, I mean, Biombo was maybe the only one guy he gave gave for, him problems. Yeah, because he like he, a game or two. Yeah, yeah, a game or two. But, and I yeah, think so a healthy, Tristan had a couple tough games in Toronto. And I think a healthy, yeah. I think a healthy uh, Valanciunas would have probably presented a little bit more of, a, of an issue too, because he's such an offensive uh, big. But, yeah. but I know, like I think that's yeah. He definitely had some great rim protection, especially in the finals when Golden State went small. The other thing about Tristan is he had some big offensive plays with like remember there was, was a, a big game oh, yeah. seven bucket didn't yeah. He? Yeah, he well, has, that, that little push hook that he does now is almost yeah. automatic. Yeah, and he had one from like about ten feet out that was a really big shot in Game yep. Seven. Uh, hit some huge free throws down the stretch. Like remember early in the series they were doing Hacka Tristan, yep. and uh, they were not able to do that later in the season. He was hit, or in the series he was hitting his free throws. Uh, he just he's he's a gamer. Like, he's one of those guys that in big games just seems to find ways to contribute. Um, and that is, that is invaluable. Yep. So, no, he's, yeah, he's, big he's well worth and, and a guy that, you know, which he's always had, which is the, uh, the, the ability to, to, you know, stay healthy and play every game. I mean, he's, Iron Man. he's constant. Yeah. Yeah, as, yeah that's, as that's his, huge. I mean, he and, never gets hurt. Can, and he showed the ability again to do a decent job guarding, you know, perimeter players out on the perimeter when he was switched on to him. It frustrate perimeter players. Yeah. He was frustrating Curry. Yeah. No, he was. So, yeah, and he's, he's a young guy. I mean, he's got plenty of room to continue to improve his offensive game. I think he has improved his offensive efficiency. It helps to have LeBron. I mean, everyone seems to improve their offensive efficiency other than Kevin Love when you got LeBron in town. I think Tristan will continue to. So yeah, yeah he, he, he gets... won't have Delhi throwing him lobs anymore, though. So that's <laughs> you'll have Kate, you'll have Kay Felder doing it now. <laughs> Sixty nine <laughs> inches of, of grit and hustle. <laughs> is that how tall he is? Yeah, sixty nine inches. Well, according to Nate, he's sixty eight and a half. In shoes. <laughs> in shoes. In, yeah. in his yeah, in his I... his LeBron threes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I look. I, I think we. I'm. I'm in the camp of. Of. Uh, we we've gotten to such a level of positionless basketball these days that. Yes, sure. You need a point guard in in name, but but LeBron's a point forward. I think. Uh, you know. I think there's there's a lot of guys on the team that can handle the ball and handle the ball well. Um, you know, and, and they have a they have a trade exception. They still have the Verjao trade exception that that. You know that Griffin did a really nice job preserving, you know, by getting the sign and trade with the with Milwaukee with the Delhi deal, and 
I think they'll have, you know, they need help there. They can get it. Yeah, and they have Dunleavy. Uh, they've I, like, I really think, you know, look, I know he's Glass Joe, and I know that he'll probably break <laughs> Glass point. Joe. But, look, the truth is Dunleavy can probably sit on the perimeter and just shoot threes all year. Well, like that's, And he is, he is a, nut, he's a very good passer. Yeah, very he's a decent great. position and team defender. Uh, as long as he's healthy, the the big thing will be is is his back healthy. So, yeah. but they could literally sit him for the first half of the season if they want to. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and Channing, uh, Channing Fry will play a lot more in the in the regular season. Yeah, and he's boy, only, he's only yeah. thirty three, and he gives them a dimension too that you know oh, few, yeah. few teams have that big. few teams have that seven foot sniper you know yeah mm-hmm. and we have almost two of them because kevin loves 610 so yeah yeah and, and has played center for the Cavs. yeah i think we'll see a lot of that and you see a lot of the kevin love and channing fry at center in you know in the regular season especially i think we'll see healthy doses of Jordan McRae and a lot more shump than we did last year. And, you know, I think we'll see a lot of these. I think Mo Williams will get a lot of run early on if he's healthy at all. Because what does it matter? I mean, you know. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> yeah. YOLO. It's well, true. And, and the other thing is they got to see if he's going to be able to give him anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he – <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I don't think early in the season the backup point guard position is as important as we think it is. Um, oh, I definitely don't because I think LeBron is going to just play a lot of point guard. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, think the think whole, he, like, oh, LeBron, LeBron power the- forward, I think he's going to be like, uh, no. He'll be the first guy to go to the bench, and then yeah. when Kyrie comes out, LeBron will come back in and play the point. Yeah. Um, and playing, and I, playing point keeps LeBron the the you know it keeps LeBron fresh too because he's not going to be down down low banging with guys. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't have to box out. And yep. I spent the whole season complaining about LeBron missed box outs, and then he had what eighteen rebounds in game six. Was that or in game five? <laughs> yeah, places to so, like dead. I will uh, I I I will take credit for that solid coaching by me. Yeah. So. Well done, Nate. Well done. Um, so yeah, we touched on summer league a little bit. Uh, Tom, you probably didn't watch any summer league. I'm imagining. I watched no summer league. I watched so, almost every summer league game. It sad. was an exciting summer league. I mean, you and I were going back and forth in a lot of the live threads. Yeah. Gee, it was it was fun. It was entertaining, and I think it was more that you know, monkey off your back. This is all gravy, and the the Cavs made a surprising run to the semifinals. But there was some uh, good basketball by a lot of teams in the summer league. I, I mean, there were well, those, there was some competitive tur- basketball. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's fair. But the, some of those games in the tournament, I mean, they all went down to like yeah. the last possession. Yeah, some of them were very good. Um, it was almost like it was like watching the uh, like March Madness a little bit, where it's like you know the games aren't going to be great because not all these guys are going to make it, but there's a, there's enough guys that flash that you're like, ah, there's some there's some talent here. There's some you know, uh, look, I I. I think it was really funny watching McRae do his James Harden impression and get to the line like 81, <laughs> 81 times in seven games, which is kind of ridiculous. But yeah, yeah, and he he didn't shoot great, and I thought he really kind of got a little ball hoggy in the last yeah, game, it and did. that kind of it hurt them a little. 
and they yep. didn't really start making their comeback till they let Felder. They're playing Felder off the ball a lot, which I thought yeah. was interesting. But in that ISO heavy offense, which they were running that ISO heavy offense in summer league too, with basically McCray being the um, George and uh, uh, the James slash Kyrie Irving ISO guy. Yep. Uh, I think you're going to see that a lot in in the regular season. You may see J.R. Smith be that ISO guy. You may see you'll definitely see Kyrie be that ISO guy, and it, it might be McCray. So, yep. And then so the one I I thought McCray looked really solid for what he was trying to do. I mean, he's not going to try and score as much as he did in summer league. Uh, the other takeaway I had about summer league, man, the NBA has got a lot of talented players. I mean, it, it to me it feels like the t- you know, the, the top half of all those rosters could be end-of-the-bench guys in the NBA. Like, yeah. it just show you how hard it is to make the NBA because there's just so many talented players. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and why so many of those guys go to Europe and just dominate. Yeah. And, well, the one the one thing I saw, too, that um, that actually makes me – I wouldn't change my answer on this, but it certainly may, would make me respect the Bulls a little bit more is that they've got some really good young big men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with with uh, Bobby Portis and Felicio and you know some of these other guys, like they, it really feels like they've got you know they they could have a really nice young front court there. And now that I don't have to worry about mixing in Joe Joe Noah or Gasol, who seemed to both be kind of hurt all all last year, and you know, Denzel so, Valentine looked really good, really good. I mean, he can't he hasn't really hit his shots, but he he hit enough. They hit that and he crazy bank shot. Too, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And he can pass the ball. So, yeah, look, they, they, got, they got a pretty good pick in Valentine, I think. And I, I don't see how the Rondo Wade backcourt's going to work out at all. But <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and Jimmy Butler. So, Jimmy Butler's going to have to move Butler's this what, small like a 32% forward, right? three point shooter last year. And that year. team is going to go for so many steals. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Rondo Wade and Jimmy Butler. They're going to get all the steals, and the Orlando Magic are going to get all the rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. And, and block shots. <laughs> Orlando Magic are going to be winning games like 78 to 76. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, there's going to be some fun storylines this year. So, yeah, you know, finishing up Summer League, I actually really was impressed with DeAndre Liggins, yep. uh, who I think could make a, a roster. I think he could make a Cavs roster. Um if uh, if they didn't have so many guys on the on the team already, but actually well, they, cut, they cut Dante, so they've they got cut two Dante. spots. They got two they got, spots now, right? Yeah, yeah. For and for Felder and Liggins, that might be the way they go. And then if they have the opportunity to add somebody else, they they do that. Actually, but, I think they have. I think they have two spots if they include Felder and uh, and McCray. Oh, okay. So. Okay, let, so- one, two, three, four, five, six. So right now they have fourteen guys. So that's the blog. Hot counting action. There you go. <laughs> fourteen guys. But they haven't okay. re signed James Jones yet. And yeah. yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard anything about that, whether that's gonna happen or whether he's gonna retire. Because I gotta think, if he retired, he'd go straight to the Cavs coaching staff. I would think so. He's only thirty-five, though. Maybe he'll be thirty-six by next season. But I mean, that's only as old as Jefferson is. 
Well, yeah, but Jefferson moves about a hundred times better than than. I mean, do you think James Jones could actually dunk? No. <laughs> so, yeah, but he can still hit threes. Yeah, the other... they won't need him to this year now that they've got Dunleavy. Hopefully. Yeah. So uh, this podcast, Tom, it's, it's getting a little long in the tooth. Oh man, it is it is saber tooth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, time for us to sign off. So any uh, any parting uh, shots, stories, anything you want to pitch, Tom? Um, are you done? I'm I'm done. I'll let you guys go off and see if I can think <laughs> of any stories. Well, I will say that. Um, very underrated moment this weekend was uh, we called EG, told him to order for us because we were going to be late. I don't think took, we've even set this up properly yet. The fact that we all hung out. Yeah, and- we hung out. We hung out, went to an Indians game. But Nate and I uh, took us longer to get there in the Brownsmobile than we thought. <laughs> and so EG calls me and he goes, hey, your food's getting, your pizza's getting long in the tooth. <laughs> uh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we got to see uh, Jim Tomey inducted into the Tribe Hall of Fame. That's right. That's yep. right. Albert Bell was not present. I haven't. I don't know what the story was on that. <laughs> but also inducted. Yeah, well, also inducted. I haven't seen Albert Bell in public in like probably 10 years. One of the most hated players in Major League Baseball history. Yeah, I don't know what happened to that. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah. I, I don't too, know. It's too bad. He was a lot of fun to root for. <laughs> and against. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he went to the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, they, he was he was one of those guys you instantly hated him when he left the team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a, a good time was had by all. And and if you haven't been out to the, the Prague, aggressive stadium Prague. yet this year, uh, man, I hadn't been out there in about four or five years, and they have, yeah. uh, they have definitely brought it. It's a it, – the stadium renovations are awesome now. It's it's just a great vibe there, except when the uh, except when the concession people are lo- knocking down the uh, the beverage <laughs> cup towers. Oh that was, yeah, that was epic, man. That was yeah. like the that was like the the Hindenburg crashing. <laughs> he was an angry man it knocking was. down that beverage beverage tower. So yeah, we, we uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was saying he was very upset. <laughs> yeah, it was some a- angry people. Never, never mess with a man who's got thirty cups stacked in because <laughs> he probably drank thirty beers. And Nate said, "Cups lives matter." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> terrible, lives matter. so irrelevant. I know. I am a terrible person, but but right? awesome at the same time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, hopefully we'll have another podcast before a month, uh, but. You know, enjoying our summer. We're taking our time. Uh, training camp is what beginning. Uh, well, we got the Olympics well, coming up. Yeah, oh, we didn't even talk about that. But that yeah, seems... and it, it's it it seems a foregone conclusion. The only thing I'm looking forward to is Team Australia versus uh, Team USA, the Delhi Kyrie battle. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I I have to take a a big shout out to uh, uh, Simo uh, who sent me a Delhi jersey from down under. Uh, super. Super pleased with that. Thank you. I got it. It was it's fantastic. It's perfect. So I'll be I'll be wearing that again uh, on my vacation next week. So at the beach. So nice, nice. <laughs> we'll see how the how the Olympics pan out. But then I saw today that the um, 
I don't think they've released the, the official training camp schedule yet, but the Magic jumped the gun and put theirs out today, and it looks like they're playing the Cavs on October 5th in a preseason game. So, uh, so it'll probably be sometime like, you know, that last week of September. Yeah, a scant two months away. Yeah, it'll go by like that. It will. It will. It was. I. I. I love these eight month NBA seasons. So. <laughs> NBA really? Means you're, yeah. Means you're playing into June. That's right. So uh, as always, go Cavs. Go Cavs. Go Cavs. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. And we're out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.